Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hello and welcome back to a new episode. So glad to be here. We're coming on mid-January already, which is pretty wild to think through. So 2023 is off to a good start. Well, at least it's off to a start. I hope for you it is a good start. I would say for me, it's a mixed bag, but a mixed bag in kind of the most delicious way in the sense that a mixed bag doesn't intimidate me the way it once did. And so some good things are happening, some hard things are happening, some waiting is happening. You know, things I'm going to have to kind of let ride for a while. And that's what today is about. It's about the motion of emotions and how we can let them ride. And what happens in therapy, hopefully, is you gain perspective on who you are. So some emotional intelligence and some intrapersonal intelligence. And if you grow in wellness there, ideally, you also grow in interpersonal wellness, which means you can communicate to others what's going on. And emotions are just that. Emotions are our permission to try to understand and explain what our experiences are. But if we're feeling intimidated by our emotions, if we're baffled by our emotions, if we're you know frustrated with our emotions, we're going to spend time on the emotion itself usually instead of what does this emotion mean? And that's what I want to talk about today, there are rhythms to how we respond to things. Our responses are not out of left field. Our responses have root causes. They have explanations. If we're willing to dive in and start to understand our experience and just see emotions as a communication tool of our experience, things become pretty interesting. Things become pretty helpful. Things can start trending towards pretty healthful overall. Because when we know our rhythms, number one, we don't get caught off guard or surprised by the fact that we're emotive beings. They're just responses. They do matter, but they give us insight into what's going on for us. When I know the rhythms of my emotion, I can articulate what I'm experiencing to other people. So if I'm in conflict and I'm shutting down, I'm able to say, hey, when I feel overwhelmed, I often shut down. Give me a few minutes to kind of go through that and then I'll re-engage the conversation. Or maybe I know myself well enough to say, I'm too dysregulated right now, but I do want to come back to this conversation. Can we pick this back up tomorrow? So when we understand not only our rhythms, but what's happening with us, we can articulate that to someone. But the next piece, which is so interesting, and again, that's where we're camping out today, is if you understand what's happening, then we have the opportunity to let it ride. Ride it out before we respond, before we make life pivots. Let the emotions run their course. And understanding that emotion states are temporary is pivotal if you want to be emotionally well. Now, also understanding that many things influence the severity and intensity of our responses, that matters too. So hormones will affect my emotions. Hunger will affect my emotions. My sleep, my level of energy, it will affect my emotions. The different wound that's getting touched on will affect my emotions. The frequency that I'm taking sucker punches, that compounding effect will influence what's going on with me emotionally. 
if we're willing to watch ourselves and we're willing to kind of dive into our patterns and understand what's going on for us, things become pretty explainable. So a literal example of a client talking to me about riding out their emotions, she categorically has self-soothed through impulsive spending. Now, over this last week, she just lost a family member. And as family member was on their deathbed, she felt particularly hijacked, particularly volatile in her emotions. And one of her things is to impulse spend. So she left the facility where she was at and immediately popped in like four or five different stores and just started putting stuff in her cart. That's a behavior and a pattern that we're familiar with. But something she's also practiced is making sure that she works on increasing her stress tolerance. So instead of filling her cart and going right to the register, she takes the cart and she walks around about 15 minutes and she ended up putting most everything back because the point was the emotions ran their course to a degree, or at least the intensity of the emotions ran their course. If we're willing to see our rhythms, we can proactively prepare for who do I want to be when this shows up, when impulse spending shows up, how do I want to respond to that cue that I'm going through a hard time. I loved this for her. This was such a moment of power. She was literally going through a personal tragedy and her coping mechanism was there ready to engage for her and she let it ride itself out. Rhythms matter and when we figure ours out, we have a choice. When we slow stuff down enough to say, oh, this is my pattern. This is what I tend to do. Now we have choices. As a personal narrative, a few months ago, I received some pretty critical feedback from people in my inner circle, feedback that felt incredibly harsh and frankly quite inappropriate, but in the moment, I didn't know how to respond. We didn't share the same point of view. The intensity that they used was, for me, a mismatch to the situation, and their delivery was really surprising. I refer to it as kind of an emotional drive-by. That's what it felt like, an emotional drive-by shooting. And so in the moment I recoiled. Now, the cool thing is I didn't lash out. I've I've trained myself to kind of go inward instead of lash out and externalize. So in real time, we kind of came to a, you know what, we're going to have to agree to disagree. I slept on it. The next morning, I texted and said to them, hey, this feels unresolved to me. I'm wondering if we can have a conversation later this weekend. And so I picked something on the calendar two days out because I know I have to let stuff ride out. I was still in emotional distress. And so I bought my some time there and we decided to meet in an afternoon two days away and in the meantime I took a little kind of staycation here in Michigan I processed things through with a friend I did some journaling I asked myself hey what's true what's just kind of hurt feelings here and so I let the emotions reorganize by giving them time space and method and when we re-engaged the conversation, we spent about two hours of going toe-to-toe, but I was prepared for that interaction. I proactively got myself into as good of a place as possible, and then we engaged. And I did that because I know my rhythms. The cool thing, it was a really productive conversation, and our agree to disagree actually morphed into some mutual respect and some boundaries. But that's because I didn't fly off the handle. I knew I was not ready for that conversation. So I took the time to get myself ready. And I took the time to let the intensity of the emotions run their course. So I'm someone who has very, very tangible fear cycles that show up, especially with new situations. Now, I know that's not unique to me, but I know the fear cycles that I experience and I experience them consistently. It's just part of my rhythm. When something new is introduced into my life, my brain will engage in this kind of metaphoric tug of war for at least several days as my anxiety tells me all the things that could go wrong and my prefrontal cortex gives kind of the counterbalance to it. And there's just this tug of war going back and forth. 
honestly, sometimes it takes several days to shake loose. That's my rhythm. So because that's my rhythm, I do not make immediate decisions most often if I can help it because I know it takes a while for my brain to organize things well. So even as I purchased Brutus a few weeks ago and brought him home, I committed to it on the weekend. I couldn't pick him up until Thursday, probably Sunday, Monday into Tuesday. My brain told me the reasons this was a terrible idea. I knew I wanted a dog. I knew that I wanted a small dog. Brutus was a great opportunity. He needed to be rehomed. He was a good fit for me, yet my brain still used its warning system to say things like, hey, Steph, but you work long days. Hey, Steph, but you're single. Hey, Steph, that's a lot of responsibility. Hey, Steph, pets can be expensive. My brain was just giving me all the data points that it wanted me to think through before I said, yes, this is something I want to commit to. But fear is part and parcel of my process. And probably I suspect in many of your stories, fear is part of your process. So you give yourself time to let your body, mind, spirit do what it needs to do. Figure out the rhythm and don't get surprised when it shows up. This last Friday, I did my Hail Mary shot at a PhD program. I did a three-hour interview, and if they say no thank you, that door in my life is closed, at least for this season. And so after the interview yesterday, I could feel myself be angsty most of the evening. And part of me was like, you know what, Steph, you're okay with the results, whichever way it goes. But the other part of me knows that this is something I've wanted for a really long time and fear is showing up. And so me being angsty is going to be a part of that experience for right now while I sort through the emotions that show up at the thought of rejection. Now, usually I know my first responses are not going to be my finest. So I accept that and I use that awareness to decide what to do next because fear is a part of my experience. I will have big emotions and they will take time to pass. I love the definition of emotions from Kurt Thompson. I believe it was from his book, Anatomy of the Soul. It says, emotions is not a debatable phenomenon. It is an authentic reflection of our subjective experience, one that is best served by attending to it. Friends, etch that on your mind, etch that on your life. Your emotions are not debatable in the sense that you are experiencing them. Now, are they accurate, that can be debatable. Is it a reflection of what's actually going on? That's where a lot of therapy work comes in. But based on what you're experiencing, what your wounds are, what your perspective is, your emotions are an authentic reflection, but here's the kicker, of our subjective experience. So that's the lens piece. That's how I'm choosing to look at things. We need to look at them. We need to attend to them. We don't deny that experience. So what was interesting this last week, I had a client several weeks back, she was having some really big feels and And so she journaled about them and then shared with me a long message of what she was experiencing. And then a week later, she kind of looked at it and she was like, huh, I feel pretty differently right now. This doesn't reflect where I'm currently at. And I said, but look at that. It gives us some insight of when you kind of spin, when you kind of feel overwhelmed, this is where your brain goes. So that's just good information for us. This is part of your rhythm. Let's process what you went through. Let's talk about more truthful and accurate ways of looking at it. And let's prepare that this type of thing thinking shows up again. Let's prepare for that. So we look at the client's journaling and we say, this is where you're at. Next time your brain tells you something with this intensity, things like, I can't go on. I'm helpless. I need to fix this right away. I need to confront this person. I need to solve this thing ASAP. I'm alone. I'm lonely. I'll always be alone. Whatever intensity your 
brain is bringing forward, then we say, well, what do you want to say back to your brain? You can start saying things like, oh, when things are overwhelming, I tend to get this melancholic. Or when things are overwhelming, I tend to withdraw. Or it certainly makes sense that I'm kind of itching the self-soothe right now. That's what usually happens when da-da-da-da-da. We look at our rhythms and it gives us such insight into what we're experiencing. And then it also invites us into permission to choose our responses. Once we know what our rhythms are, we can do something about it. When I'm scared, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm frustrated, I can do something with that. I can externalize it, express it, let someone know what's happening, communicate it, but I can also internalize it and start speaking accurately to myself about what my experience is. So like me with Brutus, when it was about, hey, Steph, this might be overwhelming, I said, yeah, every time you invite a pet in, it's going to have an adjustment period. Or my brain says it might be expensive and I say, okay, that sounds like added responsibility, but I'll figure out how to make it work. When I'm feeling scared, I know where my brain goes. And because I know where my brain goes, I accept that fear is part of my rhythm. So I listen to what my brain is saying, but I also talk back to it because I know that when I'm in the throes of distress, my brain will feed me inaccurate information. So I let my brain organize and my brain organizes by wrestling through stuff, going back and forth into that tug of war. I do not let it go unchallenged. I don't let my thoughts show up and just let them be my thoughts. I question them. I explore them. And when it's fear, I look at it and say, okay, my brain is trying to tell me something. My anxiety is trying to warn me about something. Listen, but don't be held hostage by it. Listen, but figure out what is it telling me. Listen and figure out what can I do about this perceived catastrophe that my brain is telling me is afoot here. I strive to talk to myself as accurately as possible. And the reality is sometimes I can't snap out of it. So I just stay in it and I say, okay, this is where we're at. I just remind myself this is an emotion. It's a response to something and it will recede. The most common analogy I use with clients is the analogy of a wave. When a wave is coming at you and it crests, it might smash at you. It might destabilize you. It might even throw you over. But a wave always recedes. It will always, after the forward momentum, it will retract. That's what happens. And emotions kind of follow that same rhythm. When it comes to life pivots and big decisions, sometimes I know it takes me weeks to kind of get more clarity. So I've had to learn to sit in the distress of, hey, I know this fits, but I don't know how it fits. I know the wrestling that my brain has to do. One of the anecdotes I use with clients often, when I got my clinical license and I was still teaching, I was teaching full time and I knew I wanted to have a caseload. And so I started going through this this mental volley of, okay, but I can't quit teaching, but I can't do part time, but I can't quit teaching. And as my brain went back and forth, it probably took me about four days, this eureka moment of I could do part time. That's what I know my brain does. My brain gridlocks and my brain can be really uncute when there's big decisions to make. But I know that rhythm about myself. So I give it time, let it ride out. And then I do things that are productive that can help me organize. So I can write about them. I can engage in movement. I can talk to someone. I can take a nap or eat a snack. I can cuddle with the puppy. But when I understand my rhythms, I have choice points. And just knowing that can slow everything down for us. And it's this beautiful shift to start making. It's not fail-proof. Emotions will still show up, but we can't be resenting them. They're these beautiful gifts that give us insight into our perceptions and into our experiences. And then when I have clients come in and they get mad at themselves for not handling things better, there's this beautiful pivot where we explore that too. And we say, what happened this time that disallowed you to navigate that well? And what do we want to do better next time? Because it sounds like we found another rhythm. Let's figure it out. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.